Thinking ahead, just one of the many topics we discussed today with our guest, Daniel Dinsmore, CEO, owner and founder of Over It Media and Over It Studios. He is literally the reason why we have this podcast today, and I'm really excited to talk to him about his journey as a musician uh, and as the owner and founder of a really interesting and unique brand. One of the things that we discuss that I really, really admire and I think is so important in our dialogue in our business today is having the ability to think ahead, having the ability to look out and go beyond where you are now, two, three, five, even 10 years out, not only as a business, but as a human to really understand where your place is and how you can keep on going. Because as a human, that's how you survive. The only way to survive is to stay one step ahead. And the same thing goes for a business. And I think a lot of agencies, a lot of people in business, they don't really they, they have five-year plans, but really, what does that mean? How far out does it go? Are you looking at technology? Are you looking at all of the things that you might not be doing now and embracing that and rolling that in? And Dan and the Overt brand has done an excellent job of recognizing that and pushing people beyond what they normally do, helping them all get over it. So let's get into the interview now. Let's talk to Dan, and let's find out how he actually went from what he was doing and got over it. All right, so today our guest on the Get Over It podcast is literally the reason why we have the Get Over It podcast. Dan Dinsmore, the founder, CEO, principal at Over It Media. What I love about Dan, one of the one of the things I love most about Dan is that he is unique in a lot of ways and he doesn't shy away from his uniqueness, which I think in our world today is sort of fading and he puts that uniqueness into this brand um, and pushes everyone that he works with to become unique and get over it. And that I assume, and we're gonna hear from him directly today, is why he created the Get Over brand. Dan, welcome to the show. Hey, Chris, thanks for having me. All right, so I, I this is fun for me because I know you now almost two years and I know you superficially, like we know, I know enough about you, I know enough about the business, but I don't know Dan. So I wanna talk about, and I think a lot of people that know you would probably wanna understand how you got to here, how you got to a marketing agency, a marketing mind, a brander, um, you're a musician. So I wanna talk about the transition of that, how that inspired you. So talk to me about a young Dan as a musician, where did that come from? And how did you? How did that push you into what we think of now as marketing? You sure. Know? Uh, well, I'll try. Um, goes back quite a bit, Chris. I know. Um, not quite a bit. You're yeah. not that old. So when I was 12 years old, um, my dad passed away, and when he had passed away, you know, I was kind of filled with angst and confusion and those types of things. So. Um, I really took a liking to my brother-in-law was a drummer and I really took a liking to the drums as like an outlet or the sound or both. I think it was an outlet right. at first. And, you know, I'd always grown up listening to music in the house with my sisters. They play music constantly. So I was always kind of attracted to music and grew up around music. Um, but after he had passed, you know, I really needed an outlet and, you know, I was kind of into things like baseball and basketball and, sports and all sorts of crazy stuff. But, um, I think the music just rang with me because it was very personal, right. I, you know, uh, it wasn't really a group activity. I could kind of take my aggression out and on it was the a, drums. Well, it's physical too. It's very physical. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that really took hold of me at a pretty young age. And, um, I really started pursuing that. And throughout that time, you know, I, I, played a lot and had, you know, grew up with a lot of great, great musicians and, uh, continued to do that into my twenties basically. Okay. And at that time I started touring and playing in bands, um, 
that were on tour and doing pretty well, you know, um, around the country. Were you, you were making money from this yet or no? Oh, like, I don't know about money. I mean, <laughs> but yeah, you know what we I mean? were doing like it was, okay. It was like, you know, you were getting paid for this. Yeah, this we was, were getting this paid. became like a thing. Yeah, right, right. To a okay. degree. Right, I mean, yeah. not enough to like no, have like yeah, a You weren't flying on private jets or anything no, like that. No, not at that point. <laughs> not yet. Uh, not at that point. So uh, basically then, you know, from there, you know, um, at some point we had to get, I had to get like, a real job because I wasn't on tour right. all the time and I, I, I had to start making yeah. some money. So I went to a, a company, which I was always attracted to data and analytics. Mm-hmm. And I did research for about three or four years for a company, um, analyzing, uh, very high, uh, spends on telephone systems for nine X. If you remember the company, nine X, I don't remember nine X. Uh, yeah. So it was, there was, it was the telephone company. So I would do about two interviews with people that paid a great amount of money on their phone systems and did research basically. Okay. Um, which was pretty horrendous. Um, but how the hell did you get into that? Like, what was that? Like, I fell into it from a buddy of right. mine, he, so, you know, right. I, I was going to, you know, getting my degree in business right. and it just kind of made sense. Okay. And I was always interested in marketing and it was a marketing company. Yeah. Um, but that kind of drove me into research. Uh, but at that time I was still playing music and tours would pop up and, and I'd then go, you would go right? and then I'd come back and you really couldn't hold a steady, steady job with any type of right. consistency. Right. So I ended up, um, um, on tour. And when I came back, I was hanging around a group of folks, uh, some friends of mine. Uh, we had this little group of people that, um, were very interested by computers, um, and design and, now this is and when, creative, uh, cause you oof. said computers in a way where this wasn't a time where computers were like, like now, no, it was before, before, before AOL okay. sent out the discs okay. in the mail right. to yeah, connect yeah, yeah, to the yeah, internet. Yeah. So there was no internet, okay. you know, but we were messing around with computers and doing a lot of testing with like, Hey, can we do video stuff on right. here? Can we do audio stuff on here? Um, which nobody was doing because it just didn't have the power to be able to handle it. But we were always kind of pushing the boundaries. So I kind of enveloped and hung around uh, a, a crew of okay. pretty crazy geniuses that um, have all gone on to you know very being very successful in their own right um, to varying levels and degrees. They're just, they were just very smart kids, really, um, that were just inspired to create, you yep. know? So we were doing that, uh, in our spare time. Um, we actually worked for one of the guys, dad's owned, uh, DJ's nightclub up DJ's in Lake George. Nightclub. And we would live in the house and back and just work on computers all day and make music all day. And, uh, we weren't making money, you know, there was no money involved. So we were just very driven by like interactivity and technology, technology yeah. and, um, at that time, you know, with the band stuff, I was kind of toying with brand and design because I was doing a lot of like design work for bands and covers at that time. It was cassettes. Yeah, that's right. You, you had know, a, press a lot of like, cassettes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so I'd make a little extra money doing design work and some stuff, um, when I wasn't on tour and through the touring, um, I met quite a few people and made some connections and met a lot of people. And we were messing around with this thing uh, called Director, which was like an interactive platform to make, you know, videos on computers. And you could do interactivity, almost like what a website would be, yep. you know, um, way back when. And uh, as I was on tour, um, I met this guy, Benji Gold, I'll never forget him. And uh, 
he had a deal with working with U.S. West and the Colorado Avalanche and the Denver Nuggets, and they wanted to really push the boundaries. You know, when you go to a basketball or baseball game, they have giveaways, yeah, you know, yeah, bobblehead yeah. giveaways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they wanted to do this thing called CD-ROMs. So um, I was hanging around this guy, Brian Mansell, who's just this really brilliant guy, brilliant musician, brilliant uh, technologist. Um, he was He was just out of control, uh, smart. And, uh, we started getting involved in creating these CD ROMs when, you know, I was off tour and Brian would work and I would work and we worked together and I was more working on like creative and that type of stuff. And Brian was, you know, learning the code for Mm -hmm. this director platform. So we created these and it was somewhat successful, you know, so we started to develop a little name for ourselves, uh, um, in the creation process, you know, and, you know, it wasn't just doing it for your neighbor, you know, we were doing some pretty hefty work, uh, through this guy that I had met. This was independent, through, through like this is like a company or an independent thing you guys were doing. I wouldn't call it a company, right? You know? but you were just doing it. You guys put it together. Yeah. I mean, me and Brian, right. uh, and there was a few other folks that we would involve, um, in the process, but it was pretty much the two of us that were kind of working on this stuff. And you did that for how long? How long was that going on? Uh, I'd say about two years, okay. a year and a half, two years. Um, and in that time, um, you know, we were still just very creative, very interested in creating and technology and where are things going. And we were very, very on, very driven young guys, you know? Yeah. Um, so we did a lot of really great things and interesting things uh, and pushed the technology as far as we could pull it, push it. Um, and once that happened, you know, I'd go on tour and I ended up getting in uh, a little bit more of a successful uh, musical act. And when I was out on tour, you know, everywhere I went on tour, I'd be meeting people and right. I'd also be going, walk, take a walk down the street right. to the to the music store and I'd hang up, you know, because I was doing a lot of uh, design like for bands stuff. And then we started doing musical CD-ROMs and all these things. So I would just put the brand up and basically over it came out of a name that uh, was me and this guy, Brian Mansell, um, and uh, when we would be working on something and, you know, something would always go wrong. I mean, right. back in those days, you try to capture a video. And if you captured five seconds at 640 by 480, you'd be like, like yes, yes, we got, it. we got the world, right. um, which was hilarious. But, um, you know, and we, we got to that point and uh, we started continuing to work. And, you know, as we would run into these obstacles, you know, it was just a slang word that we would just use as like kids you're do. over it. I'm um, over it. Uh, Brian, yeah. Brian would just sit there and be like, I'm over it, you know. And we'd be working, you know. We'd, we'd work 36 hours straight. Brian Mansell would just work just But nonstop. that wasn't what, you didn't brand your thing then as over it, or you did? So as time went on a little bit, you know, we, we um, it was originally Brian Mansell and I were partners. Okay. And, uh, and uh, you know, that was it was just fun times, but um, we were like, okay, we got to come up with a name because we were we were housed in a recording studio. This guy had a building. Paul Benedetti had this building called Max Tracks Recording Studio in Albany, New York, and uh, we had this little room. So we we're gonna like we're gonna make a real go of this and make this a thing, and uh, you know, so it's like we're trying to think of a name, and 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 as during that process throughout the name, you know, I, I just remember Brian go, I'm over it. Just call it whatever. And, I'm like, and then that was it. And I was like, yeah, let's call it over it. Because we were also doing things. I was in 
you know, musical projects and interactive stuff we were doing with Ohm, which is a sound that actually permeates mm-hmm. the universe on a consistent basis. And the Ohm, that's kind of where our mark came from. If you look at the Ohm, it's kind of like a three. And if you move that around a little bit, we made a more simplistic version of that. This is the over it logo that Dan's talking yeah. about. If you guys yeah. see it, it has a unique shape. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's kind of where it started. And I think Brian, in, when, when we got into business... I think Brian lasted about three months. <laughs> and that was it. And that Why was though? It. it shifted. It was a different. Uh, I think, but, uh, no, it didn't shift. It was just. I think it was. You know, he he. Brian was so uh, such a genius that he he didn't want to deal with business. He, right, right, he didn't right. really. He do, just wanted to do what he does. He didn't really do stuff for money or anything like that. He was just really out to create and. Uh, to do a lot of just interesting dynamic things, and I just want. I think he wanted to focus on uh, music. I think he was had a heavy focus on music, and I wanted to drive into the technology side. He also stayed in the technology side, still does, I believe. Um, but uh, you know, he he didn't last too long at that point. I mean, and, and then he he would come back and do projects, right. but he just didn't want to be. But you were mainly project- he didn't want to be in the bi- a business owner or deal with any of that stuff. You were mainly in project based work at this point in oh, time, yeah. right? People would take you would do some stuff for yeah. one, and then that, but there's the next. So you for agencies all over the country, they'd call us for like doing interactive. Okay. Yeah. So you had like a you the people knew you that you did that, even though you were little in the back of a yeah. Thing. There was really no. I mean, there was a few people, but there really wasn't anyone doing what we were doing. And know? then when internet hit and then that took it to another well, level. Well, then the internet hit and it was right. dial up. Don't forget. Right. Yeah, um, dude, so, you know, um, we were kind of mapping and doing everything that you would be thinking about doing today on the internet. But as soon as it launched, because we were used to working in interactivity on screen with videos and audio and motion and right. design and right. all that stuff. Right. So, I mean, it was really interesting right. that, it, so it was. It was a, then. It was a race game of how long before the technology can keep up or get to a point right. where we can we're, utilize right. this the way we want to utilize it. Which we're just getting there to that level now. See, like that's a big difference from then and now. Like you know, you had yeah. to. You you got to a point then where you just couldn't go much further, right? Like it wasn't. It, it wasn't didn't feel that it way. It wasn't at that as time. fast as no, it is it now. As you know fast. what I'm saying? No. So like you had to be. A, you were a little bit you know, it kept in check by the availability of what yeah. you could do. Right. I yeah. Mean, it was crazy. And, uh, you know, we just, we just kept at it and kept developing. And, you know, I think a big part of, you know, kind of, um, one of the foundational elements of over it is the the fact that when we got into this, you know, we were, we were, we were doing brand and content like uh, video work and animation work and interactive work from the get go. So it wasn't anything that was right. Like, Oh, we got to get into this right. now. So we, we weren't really an agency first. We were more of right. a tech uh, innovation design shop that, that then got into tech. And all we did was work for other agencies throughout the country and, about and that we did that for like eight years or so, and then I just pulled that whole plug out and just said, "Yeah, we're not going to do that anymore." But we're come back around now at over it. Yeah, very technology since I've been here. Yeah, um, even in the past year, we push technology a lot now. Even well, invest I, in people that are strictly doing technology here. You know, I don't think people think that way. And, you know, like a lot of agencies, they shift to digital marketing, of course. But digital marketing, in my opinion, is anyone can do a digital marketing, but it takes it takes a different type of person to 
understand what you're putting out in the digital space and how you're going to keep taking it to the next level. Because if you're not thinking four or five years right. ahead, you're going to die here because it moves so fast. Right. And I think in business, you know, there's all different types of models in our industry. So when you're looking at like agencies or marketing companies, there's a lot of different types of models. But, you know, I think one of the things the pandemic did for me was it kind of brought me back to the original essence of why we do what we do. Right. Because you get caught up in that right. day to day, right. you know, running of a business yep. and and that type of thing. So um, it's kind of refreshing to be able to take, you know, I think the past five years we've really refocused and, and always been investing into technology or kind of to bettering ourselves, pushing the boundaries and the limits is what over it is about. It's about getting over those obstacles of any type of interference. Correct. Um, and I think it's really important that if you're going to have something that culturally, the type of individuals that we wanted over it and we want, I want to work with and those people want to work with are people that are not just here to do the nine to five, but here to actually push boundaries, do better and, and create great product and service, you know right. I mean? that's, that's basically the essence of what this is about. So it's very important, I think, uh, to us to find to ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Right. I agree. And right. Well, I tell I tell a lot of our clients and people that I talk to that this pandemic, and when you when you have a business and you've been running it for a while, and you have an event like that, it can tell you a lot about your business, right? You know, like like because when you stress a system to an extreme. You expose things and you also see what works really well. And, you know, if you don't use that terrible time as a, as a way to say, it's just like anything in your life, human, like you go through a tough, tough time. How does that, you have to come out better for it. If you don't, you're wasting an opportunity. Like, and, and so I think that's really important and people don't, I've haven't heard a lot of people talk about that in the pen. They talk about how bad it was possibly for business. Yes, a lot of people were affected negatively, but there was positive in the negative always. You got to be able to go deep in, um, right? And I mean, you're saying that you were helped to sort of refine the true essence of over it in yeah. a stressful situation, uh, absolutely. right? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. that was one thing I learned, Chris, was like throughout the years is that, you know, when, when things are down, you have to turn that into opportunity. Correct. And if you don't take that opportunity, you, you know, Every time it's happened, and I, and I and I and I backed away from from attacking that that um, every single time that that I did that, I always look back on that. And go, that man, was a mistake. Yeah, was I should a, have yeah. taken advantage. of You that always hear stories like that, all because it's the most scary time to take exactly. advantage of opportunities. You're the most vulnerable. But that is the ideally right. the best time to reevaluate, take opportunity, take risk, right, and push and push forward, right, right. Yeah, but I, I don't think a lot of people have that. So the other thing too is. You're a product of a time. You're you're more of a survival guy. You've been in the world in a game and business where you you just went for it because you had to. It was, it was in you. You had to survive. You had to make it. You had to go 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 go. Do you feel like that's how it is now? I feel like we don't have that much anymore. Like it's a little more safe in terms of how people um, they don't feel that as much in a time where you grew up and you knew you were a hustle. And you, like something. The one thing I love about about you is that you see five years ahead. Because in your life, you had to. You had to be thinking next because if you didn't, you could have nothing. It could be gone. And then what would you do, right? So you're thinking, thinking, thinking. I feel like a lot of people are only thinking six months, a month ahead of time nowadays. And one of the things that I love about Over is that we force people, especially our clients, you can't think that way. You got to understand where we're going to be in five years from now. Where, right. where Has that always been in you or has it just been yeah. your work ethic to be like, I got to no, understand what's going and, on? Um, I think, you know, 
again, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, you are what you eat, you know, and it's who you, who I was around right. influenced me greatly. Not to say that I didn't influence them either. I just think that, you know, those experiences created that environment that you just didn't think that way. You always had to be thinking five years ahead or you're done. You know, now, could you run a business and live, you know, just in that kind of moment and not be thinking that proactively? I'm sure many do, but this business wouldn't be able to function correctly uh, because it's part of our essence. It's part of it's right. part of the thread of who we are. Right. So I think it's just it's extremely important to be doing that, especially in our industry. Otherwise, you're going to lose. You're right. Gonna, you're going to fall behind and you're you're not going to be able to. I guess I'm I'm very attracted to innovation creation not just doing what everybody else is doing right. and not just not to do right. it because but, everybody else isn't doing it. But, but that's the key. You know. I, and people, it, just because like, you know, people are thinking like, oh, that sounds very like progressive and very, and very sort of more of a risky approach. But I don't think it's that at all. Like, you know, there, there's conservative brands that can be pushed and forced to think and forced to think ahead and make sure they're just because you're thinking that way or being pushed by somebody doesn't necessarily mean you're being, you know, very progressive and out there in your brand. That's not at all the case. I think you always have to have people in your ear in business and in life pushing you and saying, what's next? That's great. What's next? Wow, we had a really good year. We could do better. Right. Right. And I think that Absolutely. most most people, most agencies, most people than consultants, they're more safe in their job when they live safe with their clients, right? Because, hey, if we don't keep pushing them to grow 20% every year, you know, we'll be safe, we'll have, but that's not how we roll. We're never satisfied, we're always pushing. And I think you have to have those people and there's nothing wrong with that. I think it gets weird when we don't do that anymore and we're just telling everyone what we wanna hear all the time. I always joke with Dan and our team and people like, we're on a, we'll be on a client call. This Dan, I think, knows what I'm going to say. And we're in a room and clients on the call are in the room. And someone on our team, on the over team, comes up with an idea and the, to tell the client. And Dan hears it and he's at the table with our team over it and the client team. These clients are paying us for this. And in the middle of it, Dan will say to me or to another employee, why? Why would you make, why would you, why would you suggest that? <laughs> I don't, Not everybody I don't, loves that. I don't, I don't agree with that. <laughs> and he does it right in front of the client. Now, a lot of people will be like, oh my, I can't believe he's doing this. He's making us look. But I understand what you're doing there. So like, talk about that a little bit. Because I, I think it speaks to the difference of what over it is. Yeah, I mean, I have to watch myself a little bit because <laughs> I've upset some people. Um, well, I mean, I just believe in transparency and I, do, I believe in total transparency. I believe if you're getting paid to do a job for somebody, they're paying you to be their advocate and they're paying you to watch out for to them. To get the best for them. to advocate for them. Right. Right. So, you know, we're just people and we're just humans sitting around a table talking about creating something or, or some sort of creation or some sort of campaign or whatever it may be. And I think an open, transparent conversation uh, is critical uh, to be transparent about asking the questions right. to get the how answers. How did you get to that? Yeah, I mean, how, how did you how did you right. get to that place? Convince um, me, right? Yeah, kind of. I mean, I, I don't, I, you know, it's not it's not to put people on the spot. But you're not anything. taking it from a boss perspective, like I'm the boss. I don't like that. You're just no, you're just saying involved. I want to understand what why you yeah. would suggest that. Literally, genuinely, I want to know what's right. your thought well, process well, there. Well, I mean, I would imagine it. I would imagine that you would you would hope you so. You would hope so Correct. that other people would want to kind of understand where that's coming from. So I think extracting that information is is a good thing. Um, 
you know, and, and, and advocating too, you know, it's not just about the client or, or, or the other people on the other side of the table. I think it's about getting to the best possible scenario for the smartest possible reasons. I think the other part about it too, is it shows the client in the room, what happens when they're not in the room, because when they're not in the room and they're not there, we're debating stuff all the time. You know, yeah. someone has an idea. I don't like it. Convince me why I should. And we go back and forth on it. And this isn't our product or service. We're not affiliated with the business. We're just, we're just consulting or doing, helping with their marketing. But we take it personal and you have to. At least yeah. that's how I roll. I put myself in the position, this is my business. This is my, I treat it like it's my business. And you come up with an idea and I'm like, I'm not putting that out there. Convince me why. And that's what happens behind the scenes. And then we come to a consensus and we pitch it to the client. But sometimes it's good for the client to see what happens and how passionate we are about their ideas. And sometimes it can get pretty heated. Yeah, in there. I mean, I think, I think in, this, in this era that we live in, um, people are smarter than that. You know, and I think honesty and transparency is pretty much the only way. Um, you know, I, I just don't I don't really believe in, you know, hiding behind a door. Um, you know, we're part of the same team. Correct. So like when you're part of the same team, you're supposed to be pushing each other. And I think that's something I learned from playing in, you know, musical acts and bands and stuff. You know, it's like you would always be pushing each other. You know, and you would always be, you know, I wouldn't say it's taunting, but, you know, I would say that you're pushing each other to be the best you absolutely can be. If you look at a producer, like real producers that, you know, and I've gotten to work with some really great producers, you know, they're, they have a, one singular job. Their job is to bring out the absolute best performance in the people that they're working with. Is that their job? I actually never knew what a producer actually does. I mean, they have other things that they do, but, you know, at the end of the day, a great producer is going to bring out the best performance uh, out of a person, right? And how they do that is in many different ways and scenarios. But I think that's, I kind of take, I took that knowledge and applied that to just my approach yep. when I'm trying to create something yep. or I'm yep. trying to, yep. you know, help with the campaign or it's help It's an with academic brand. approach, really. Like I come from academics and in academics, when I go into a room and I'm getting up in front of a bunch of academics, I have to anticipate 10 to 20 questions that I'm going to get because no, to convince a scientist about my idea ain't easy. Right. No one believes you. Everyone wants you to explain it and give them the thing. So there is that um, sort of, you have to have the ability to have question, to be able to prepare for question or bolster your argument using data, which is something that over really gets into is like, this isn't my opinion. And this isn't our, this isn't something that we think about. This is <laughs> right. actually what the data shows. Right. So you can disagree with it, you won't offend me, but just know that if you're deciding to do this, you're going against what the data says. And which is effective about that for, for us is takes it out of our mouths and our, our, it's not me. Like, I believe this is what it says. I suggest you go with the data. Right. You so, can go against it if you want it, yeah, to, right? exactly. So like, you know, that was a big, huge thing is, is how are we going to be, you know, as you know, um, I'll call you, you know, the V3 version of over it um, phase of innovation was really completely centered around um, data analytics measurement. Which is where you <coughs> sort of started. Like you said, you were in the data right back in the day. Yeah, and, and, and what we were trying to do is like, um, you know, utilize it and make it actually realistic and truly usable and advantageous to do. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, actionable. Like 
there is no, there is no, um, thought that it is not the right thing to do. You know, it's just fact. Right. Right. So, and mix that with all the creative and all the, you know, great stuff that we've been doing yep. for 25 years is how are we going to, we're going to inject that into this system. And the funny thing is, is like, you know, I always ended up going back and finding these very unique, uh, almost outcast type individuals that ended up, you know, I was attracted to them from a talent perspective because I just, I, I think I had a good sense of, you know, I don't want to say genius, but, you know, finding these unique individuals that were driven to create and be able to push boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I think that was really, that's a very important thing to keep the passion alive, mm-hmm. you know, at, here at an agency. You know, like I was saying, I started with like Brian Mansell. And then there was this guy, Chris Powers, who came into play after Brian was out of the picture. And he was another one, you know, just this, you know, insanely smart guy um, who actually ended up moving away for 15 years. And then now just he's recently yeah, he's yeah. back at over yeah. it, which is awesome. Yeah, people like you, you know, Lisa Barone and all the people, the talented people that we surround ourselves with. I think a lot of it is like trying to find those unique individuals to find a cohesive partnership with them to keep that innovation and forward thinking alive because mm-hmm. you need that. Yeah, you need it. I know you have to have it. Yeah. And, uh, so, you know, I think that was a big part of, you know, one of the things going through this pandemic, yep. you know, that I've totally committed to is, you know, that's the, the essence and the reason I started this. I mean, I didn't put this down on paper and say, right, okay, no. what's my, right, e- right, right. what's my what's EBITDA going to be? What's, what's my what's P and L yeah, going to look like right, and going into this business? Right. That, that was not the intention. So, um, although we've done really, you know, pretty good. But that's come along, right? Oh, well, I mean, yeah, I spent like, a lot of time right, on that but, now, but, but that's like any transition <laughs> of someone from, from someone that hustles to, to, to actually running a business. There's, right. It's just how long you resist making the transition, you know? I right. feel like most people resist it as long as they can and then realize, I have to do this. Right, right? I, I think I resisted to about the age of 35. To be honest, yeah, I mean, like you, ha- I mean, just because you feel there's a, there's an artistic license that kind of goes away a little bit. You still hold it, but you have to in order to commit to a business. It's structured. There's things, right? Money. Like I used to be in the dirt, payrolls. so I'd be in there with you, and right, exactly. In your dashboard. I, mean, I want you to be in there with me, but right. we but, need to have a house to live yeah. in. Otherwise, we're going to be nowhere. Well, I'm never going to be as good at that. You know as what you, I'm saying? You are, but the reality is, is that like I would love to be in there doing Correct. in the dirt with you. I know. But I can't do that anymore. So um, the beautiful part is, though, is the vision can still come and I can still push those visions into the people that are more capable to execute on those visions. So that's kind of where we're at now, you know, and I think we've built up a pretty, pretty solid thing. But, you know, it, it wasn't your typical you know, business structure plan right. at over it. Right. You didn't have to plan uh, and then try the to execute 10, on it. You just went and then it just sort of. Yeah. Right. I mean, we truly wanted, we're like, we're right. going to change the world. Yeah. You know I mean? That's what we thought when we were kids, you know, we're yeah. gonna, I'm going to change the world. We're going to get over it. You know? Well, we're, and, yeah, we and, are and over that's, it. That's what we're, we're on our way do. to change the world. Yeah. Uh, so one thing I want to talk about with you is something that I, from, from the way I approach marketing aligns with me. And I don't think a lot of marketing, at least from the agency of things that I've seen and talked to people that I talk to, is a focus on a, we, when we market, you think of like advertising, bringing people into a funnel that's marketing. Here at Over It, we not only focus on people's marketing, we focus on their sales. And I think that this has been a debate. A lot of agencies, a lot of places think it's dangerous to get into that world, right? Don't, don't, don't talk about company sales because we can't sell for them. So we just want to give them leads and we're done. 
to me, I hate handing someone a report and being like, you got 150 clicks and you spent a thousand bucks. Let me know how that works out for you. No way. It, it drives me insane because if someone handed me that report, I'd be like, what, what is, what does this mean to me? So I've tried to always take it all the way down to the dollar. You spent a thousand, you got a hundred clicks, five people bought something. It cost them 200 to spend 250 bucks. We lost $300 on that. Not a good situation. That seems logical. That seems right. And at over it, when I came here, that's what you talked to me about initially. We want to get lead to sale. We want to talk sale, sale, sale. Why the difference for you? Is it the same thing? You it, you feels incomplete to give them half of it, or you just can't have two without? You can't have one without the other. Well, because because when you're dealing with clients, at the end of the day, you know, and it's kind of a dirty word, uh, you know, sales, right? And, and you know, you're, you you. When people say sales or when we talk about sales a lot, which we talk about quite a bit, um, you know, in the creative community or an agency community, it's almost like, whoa, like, you know, right, right. right. What are you, you talking what about? What are you talking about? But like, I think as we moved through, moved on, the, just the transparency was garbage, man. So when we were looking at, you know, when we got involved and it had nothing to do with like, are, are, are people trying to be legitimate or not? Or are they bad people? And they're not telling us the facts and they're, right. not they're, that sort they're of they're fluffing their right, numbers. Right, right. It had nothing to do with that. But when we, cause we were in on the ground floor when people started doing, you know, paid social, all that stuff. So we were right there. Um, and over the years, just constantly battling, like, what is, you know, this information, how how is it actually tying to the actual fact itself? Right. Of what are we? What is our right. actual? What is the actual? What's the actual point? goal? Right. What are you trying to accomplish? Right. What are you trying to do? So you know, it would always be the how. This is how we did it. You know, it wasn't like here's what where we succeeded. You know, hundred like you said. You know, I got a thousand click throughs. I got a, you know twenty eight right. form fills. But if you don't know the Which actual result. Right. right. Which is always, and it was a lot easier in retail. It was a lot easier Correct. in e-com. E-com when you're talking right. about a lot of our clients are like B2B and they're or service-based Service, companies yep. uh, or, you know, larger corporations. And you're looking at, you know, they need results driven information and data. Then we better put a focus on the vision of coming together to be able to pinpoint uh, getting to what we call final sale. Right. Right. So, right. so that is a real number. And when you're talking to like, People that are in business, you know, either a small business, a medium business, and even in, into a larger business, it, it's not that they don't care how many form fills or click throughs you have, but that's not really that they're, they're just collecting that information. Then they got to move on to a secondary process to try to figure out what does this all mean? Right. So we, you know, we just found that to be right. kind of ridiculous right. and that's not going to work long term. No, it's not. So somebody has to like measures this thing from the very beginning. Right all the way through to the actual sale. Right. And, 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 you know, as you know, because you're the guy that's working on all this stuff, you know, we're doing it by channel. We're doing it, you know, by source, we're creating assist, uh, functionality. So we know where everything's coming from. And the other beauty of it is that now we can actually, where it comes in helpful on the creative side and the content side is that we're able to identify exactly what works and what doesn't work right. and you know, what people are reacting to. Yep. You know, so I think, you know, when we made that major shift to basically um, having over it be a place that we're driving business for people. Right. And we're held accountable right. with but our goals. I feel like that, that's the difference between having a partner and having like an agency that just does stuff for you. Because a partner is immersed in it. They they know your right. pain. When, you, when your sales go down 25% that month, 
I feel that too. I'm connected to you that, 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 whoa, that's not, that's not good. Well, why are people hiring you? Well, that exactly right. But there's, this is not, you know, this is not the standard. Like from what I understand is that, uh, sometimes in this game, it's sufficient just to say we did our job. You know, well, I don't I don't know what you did over there, but over here we got a thousand clicks. You lost 25 percent, not on us. And I could never fathom having that conversation with someone, even if like, you know, even if it was just someone doing a little bit of consulting and someone asked, me, I, I would be what happened? What do you mean? Show me some like, you know, but it's that it's that it's the passion to really want to understand. It's wanting to go past it. That's the basis for everything you yeah, do. It's we just use the data to drive the conversation. Right. So building those tool sets that you've been a part of for the past five years, right? Is just, you know, that's critical because it's the only way that you're going to be able to it's actually. The only way. It's the only way. It's the only you way. Know? So, I mean, it's just not a full 180 conversation if you're not actually talking about how this impacts your business for real with real data. Right. You know, so there's nowhere to hide behind this. Nowhere to hide. You know, so, you know. Everyone's exposed. But but the people, your partners or your clients that you're working with are always going to be able to identify. If they're going to work with us, you know, they're going to get transparency. They're going to know why we're making these decisions. And what does that create? That creates a longer term relationship. And more respect. And more respect. So, you know, we had to make a big decision. You know, the whole trend in agencies or marketing companies was forget the agency model where you're working with clients for five, 10 years and move towards a project based model. Right. I've done projects for a long time right. and we'll continue to do the, we'll do project the right projects right. to work on. But when you're actually in the business with them and you're part of their business, then you really can advise and drive them to being more successful. Right. And at the end of the day, what do we really want to accomplish? A few right. things. We want we want our clients to be successful. We want to be successful. You know, they make more money. We make more money. You know, and then from the innovation standpoint, we want to be on the bleeding edge. So I think it just is a win-win, not only for the company, but it's a win-win for the clients yep. and their business. Yep. And that's why they come to us. Yeah, and that's why they come to us. And, right. I, and I, all the clients I work with will always say, to, will always ask me on the phone or ask us on the phone, what do you guys think? What are your ideas? Like, you know, it's never like, this is what I want to do and just do it over it. And if we get that, I would say back, well, listen, we could do that, but let me tell you about why I don't think that's the best idea. And I'm not afraid to say that to all of our clients. And they would never take that as, 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 as hell are you? This is my business. Right. Because they know I'm coming from a place of just wanting to grow their business with exactly. them. And once you have those barriers broken down, it's so much easier to work with because when things aren't there that good, you guys get through it together, right? Because you have another someone. Everyone yes. wants to go through a bad time with someone else and have ideas to bounce off, you know? Like, you don't want to do that by yourself. And I no. think that's what we provide. I always look at it as like, I always bring it back. I think I mentioned this to you as like, advising the president. If I was advising the president, they have all these different advisors and I sit down with them and I'm like, Mr. President, I got a thousand bombs. I just dropped them on this country, perfectly executed, all good. And then I got up and I left. And he would be like, well, what happened? Like, what'd you do? Did did it hit anything? And I'd be like, it's just, no, you just asked me to do that. So here's the report, I'm out. Well, wait wait a second. Like, no, it's not that. Like if you're advising, you gotta take it, you gotta make the recommendation, then you gotta live it. If it goes well, you live it. If it goes bad, you live it. But you're on and you keep on going. Yeah. There's no way there's no way to move forward. And in, in my opinion, there's there's not really um, 
the most beneficial way for to use marketing and sales is together. And it's most beneficial to have advisory when you're doing that and to see the benefits of utilizing, you know, the factual evidence that you, you have access to, Yep. you know, and our big thing was, is actually developing and creating a platform where we could, you know, technically do, do it, it, right. Yeah. Which was, it was a huge, enormous undertaking. And then, and now it's, you know, le- how do we leverage the content and the great video stuff and the great audio stuff and all the different things that we've always done. Put it all together. And right. how do you get that, that, that yeah. ultimate scenario? Yeah. Right. And that's, that's kind of the vision really. So in the, so the, the vision we talked about, like the progression in the last five minutes, what are you, you're where we are now. What do you see as the best, the bigger things are the best things coming for over it. What are you, what are you really excited about as you look down the line for over it as an agency positioning itself in a, in a bit of a different way, I think, than a lot? Well, I think just being um, so involved with our, our clients and continuing to develop the products that we're developing uh, to be able to inform really beneficial, actionable insights and uh, getting into AI and, yep. and how we're going to work with that. Um, I also think that... <clears throat> the way that the evolution of uh, communication and engagement is right around the corner. So, you know, another positive part about the pandemic, the acclimation of being able to people to use, now, you know, that now they're actually, yeah. oh, Zoom, right. Google right. Meet, or, right. or, you know, so on and so forth. But where's that going to go? So we're investing right now into like hybrid models, virtual reality meetings, um, interesting types of like presentations and how are we going to engage? How are we going to be using AI, 3D, um, you know, virtual experiences and engagement? You know, I think that's just going to grow and grow and grow um, as we move forward. I think augmented reality is going to be a huge Mm -hmm. uh, part of this. And I think all of this stuff will be tied and fueled by correct decision making using data. Right. And at the at the end of the day, you know, it's the storytelling. You know, are you telling great stories? Are you creating great emotionally content? speaking to people? So right. Emotionally, um, you know, uh, any type of emotional interaction and engagement. So I think it's really, it's really an exciting, great time. I think we're going to see massive in the next 10 years, massive, uh, change. Um, and I think that you'll kind of see traditional types of, you know, the way people were doing, you know, their marketing kind of just fall wayside and people move on because it's becoming more part, not only of like, let's get the clients and you know this because you're looking at these things about getting the clients and pulling people in or telling the people about the message. It's, it's the ongoing engagement and that journey that they mm-hmm. have right. when they're engaging with you, your right. movie, your, your television right. show, whatever it may Where, be. How many times would they do? Uh, where they yeah, go? What's their experience within that place? You know, it's a huge focus for us. Right. You know, well, it has to be though, because the, the, a human spends more of their day on a digital line, like they didn't do in the normal reality, right? They're on their foot. So what is, is it different than how they behave in the normal life? Because it is, and I'm trying to sell them there. I gotta, I gotta speak to them and act like how they're acting in that space. Right. You know? And so people don't understand that there's a digital profile of yourself out there somewhere right. and you behave a certain way and you might behave a little bit differently in the real world, but we're trying to sell you on the digital space. So we want to understand that. And it's, it's psychologically persona building in a whole nother sort of world. Well, which you is, know, is I, mean, so I come cool, to man. you for the statistics, right? Like, so I'll come to you and ask you, you know, like, what is the, what is people's attention span dwindling to? 
You know, how fast are they? It's like two seconds. You know, two seconds. But what was it 10 years ago? What was it five years right. ago? And where is it going? So, and then how do you, you know, really create brand and true engagement, you know, that lasts, yep, yep, you I know? know, so that's, that's something that, you know, we're going to continually be working on and looking at and analyzing, um, you know, but I think at the end of the day, you know, there, it's kind of ridiculous to even think, okay, let's, 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 you know, like make a plan for the year for your marketing and we're going to launch this campaign. And at the end of the year, we're going to go back and take a look at it. I, I mean, that's just I know. insanity. I know. Um, for everybody that's been interested um, to learn more about Over It, I've done, obviously, this is the Get Over It podcast. They can go to overit.com. They can look at everything that's available. They can reach out to one of us at Over It and talk to us about uh, their their projects, their desires, or even just like bounce an idea off us. I think that's the other cool thing about Over It is that um, we're here as a business to sell, but we, we want to talk to you and hear about what your issues are. Definitely. Um, he is Dan Dinsmore. I am Chris Fasano. Uh, this is the Get Over It podcast where we don't just talk about ways to get through it, but we talk about ways to get over it. Dan, man, appreciate it, brother. Thank you, Thanks, Chris. Man.